thought I might as well blow the trumpet, so to speak. <laughs> it's not very healthy sounding trumpets, really, is it? No, it isn't. I mean, at any point, technically speaking, you could just, like, start again. I could. And we could just do, like, the opening that you want to do and then cut all this. What? Start again, start again. Yeah. You Welcome just... to episode one. quite that far because that's like a start again i mean you could that's a fairly standard thing now in in marketing is it yeah 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 it's um it's quite the thing when you when companies want to uh you know um to release a new version of something yeah um but they want to be like hey this is a really special new this isn't like the the 10 or 15 or 403 versions we've already released this is a special new version and it's so special that we're going to show you how special it is by calling it the such and such one huh. i mean uh, uh who makes minis rover who is it makes minis not rover now is it i don't know is it mini are they like a company in their... i don't know they're little cars anyway mommy mini i've no clue popular in britain yeah uh little little cars i don't like those back lights those rear lights MB Mini. I've no clue who makes minis. They have those brake lights with like a Union Jack quadrant in them. Don't like them, huh? It's a bit over-patriotic for me. I'm not a flag waver by by, by nature. No. Um, but, you know, each to their own. If that's, if that's the, 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 the thing you want your, backlight, your brake lights to do. Anyway, point is, Mini, Rover, whoever, BMW, whoever it is. I don't know, Volkswagen? Could be anyone. Um, decided to release a new version of the Mini, which they called the Mini 1. Also, I believe there was a Call of Duty. No, Medal of Warfare, Call of Honor, um, Black Ops 43 Ghost Squadron. Hit things with sticks. Recon. Yeah. Division. Whatever. Whatever one of these games was called, and they called it 1 instead. Battlefield. It, Battlefield. They've been doing... Like uh, World War Two, World War, and they did Battlefield One, and it was yes, it was because or Tomb Raider when they just took the numbers off it and released it again as just Tomb Raider, yeah. even though they'd done like forty three Tomb Raiders before that. Anyway, I mean, point is we could do that if you wanted to. We could. Welcome to Frithcast One. Yeah. The new and improved Frithcast that definitely isn't based on anything we've done before. Yeah. Totally different. Totally improved. From. The previous 162 episodes that we have uh, we had done because this is like the new one. Um, although, as has many times long been pointed out, it is a bit difficult to have new and improved. Which is it? Pick one. Ooh. Yeah. See? Ooh. Yeah. See. 
We say it all the time. It's like sneak peek. And people say, oh, let's take a sneak peek. At such a, you're not taking a sneak peek. You're being shown. You know? It's like they say, let's take a sneak peek at the new film with this trailer. They've literally made the trailer to show people to get them interested in the film. There's nothing sneak about this. Sneak peek would be like diving into the back of filming. Yeah. 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 You go, you go like, you know, ninja your way into the into into some Hollywood lot, whatever, and and like you know your video recording. Who's a who's a film star at the moment? I have no clue. Film stars. I'm trying to think of film stars. Anyway, your video in the film star doing their that, and then you po- take go and put that on the internet. That's a sneak peek. Yes. And also a crime, possibly. No, not a crime. It's a Breach of copyright. It's definitely a trespass. It's a tra- it's a trespass. It may be a crime. I don't know. I don't know much about American law. We'll come to that in a minute. Yeah, let's do that. Well, in a bit. Hello, lovely listeners. Although first we're going to have to tone things down to a, a darker level. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners. That was good. So this Frithcast episode 163. That was really good. Thanks. That was very, very... Very uh, gravitas. Gravitas. I had gravitas, that did. Gravitas. Mm. Please take your seats for the performance is about to begin. Thank you. Make sure your arms and legs are in an upright position. And your trays remain inside the carriage at all times. (laughs) There will not be a trolley service because the hedgehogs haven't figured it out. (laughs) You just like get a little trolley made out of like balsa wood or something and just like just go bring like that on top of them yeah and then they scurry about but the problem is if you put drinks on them they just keep they just fall over sideways yes it's not good doesn't work no ah hello hello welcome lovely listeners welcome hello i am half your hosting team i'm suzanne martin i am a heathen i'm doing the gravitas thing you are i am with a head full of interesting facts and tidbits I have a useful specialist knowledge. Which you may feel feel free to make use of. Yeah, that. Indeed. You know. Um, sorry, I should say for our uh, American listeners, I believe that has to be tidbits, doesn't it? I have no clue. They don't like, they don't say tidbits over there. They say tidbits. Those bits. I think it's a, I think it's a 50s thing, isn't it? It's, you didn't, they didn't like talking about tits on the, on the television or something. I, mean, I don't I could know. See why, but... Perfectly, perfectly good little little Tweety Birds, if you ask me. But I would like to also introduce my co-host. Oh yeah, that's you. Hi. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm. I'm. I'm Kate. I'm um, not a uh, heathen. Um, my only excuse for being involved is that I live here. It's a good uh, excuse. And I don't let Susanna have two minutes to do this on her own. I wouldn't want to do it on my yeah, own. Wouldn't you? Just screaming into the void. I mean. How is that any different from work? I was going to say that's basically life, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we can do dark. We can do dark. We're going to need to, aren't we? We might. I'm not bigging this up. I should be bigging. I should be bigging this up. I mean, people watch dark stuff. Yeah. And listen to dark stuff. They do. So I should make more of a kind of hey, join us for this adventure into uh, people being really crappy to each other. Well. There might be a bit of that. Just being crappy people. Yeah. A.K.A. politics. Politics, yes. 
Hello, lovely listeners. We're going to break one of our big cardinal rules, which is not don't feel ill, I feed ill after midnight, but... Don't feel ill after midnight. Don't do that either. <laughs> it's got a very sharp beak. <laughs> Boink. Don't do it. Don't feel it. Don't, I can't do it myself. <laughs> you see, if we were a professional production, I'd edit that out. No, don't do it. Um, Don't feed ill after midnight. Yes. Um, Don't let him get wet. What was the other rule? There was another rule, wasn't there? Oh, don't expose him to bright light. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's an owl, so... He's going to get grumpy. To be fair. Yeah. Going to miff him a bit. Yeah. Why are we talking about politics, Suzanne? You're getting up to a little miffedness. Miffedness. We're going to talk politics because reasons. Oh, that's... I mean... That narrows it down. (laughs) Where I want to start is that... I belong to several quite large online heathen communities Mm -hmm. that are, for the most part, generally quite amiable, occasionally passionate in their ability to discuss and disseminate and explore topics together. Yep. But they don't tend to self-implode, at least not very often, because the mods are all awesome and they tend to step in quite quickly when they see that a fuse has been lit they tend to clamp it down. We don't get to the point of it getting to the barrel and going kapow. Blat. Yeah. So we don't get to that point. And for the majority of those quite large groups, they tend to have a set of um, guidelines, rules that group members must abide by. And one of those tends to be the mention of overt politics. Mm-hmm. Because we have people who are of different, differing political stances, which tends to reflect differing personal stances on particular issues. And those groups quite rightly want to keep the focus of discussions on heathenry Mm -hmm. and not self-imploding in a parallel and possibly non-related topic. Yeah, not getting, not getting all wrapped up in, in potentially, uh, yeah, sensitive, um, ground, potentially, lots of disagreements that you don't necessarily need to have in order to be able to talk about heathen. No, but for me, yes, I can see the reason for those guidelines in the discussion of overt politics, especially given that a lot of our news broadcasts are around politics and political decisions, Mm. and that these forums are not a place for discussion of those decisions. Yeah. But heathenry... By its existence, inclusive heathenry is inherently political. Yes. It cannot be anything else. It can't... That in itself is a political stance. Mm. It's deciding where we sit on a particular issue and knowing that that is in parallel to where our faith sits on that particular issue makes our stance in faith a particular political stance. Yeah. It's implied that we hold a particular set of related beliefs around parallel issues and therefore it's assumed that everybody who comes to that group or to that faith holds similar or kind of close to those political beliefs because they follow that particular faith. I think it's... I think it's fair to say that any religious belief spiritual tradition whatever you want to to call it um uh for me i i 
have no problem with the word religion, but that's because it's a Roman word. Um, I'm aware that some people don't like it very much, so we'll just say, you know, we can say faith, faith system, we can say, you know, spiritual belief, what have you, mm. uh, or religion, whatever you consider it to be. The likelihood is, if it is ordered to any great extent, i.e. you have a, uh, a particular idea of what the forces are in the universe, the divine forces, what they want, what they're trying to do, what their preoccupations are, all that sort of stuff, it, it is going to interact with the world in some way. And you'll, I, think, I think it's true to say that just about any faith tradition has a political element. It has to have, because it governs how we interact with the world, and that's politics. Yeah, and how we interact with each other, and that's politics and ethics. Yes. So, for me, there have been three very recent events, as in within the last few weeks, that have brought into sharp relief for me how political heathenry, inclusive heathenry, can be. So we say it's inclusive heathenry because then we're taking a stance on things like homophobia, biphobia, anti-Semitism, all of those um, social divisions almost um, that we look to challenge, that we look to take down, that we look to educate people on in a particular way. So we use the word inclusive. Mm because we're looking to include everybody who is heathen, who comes to us. Yeah. So earlier this month, um, and it's September at the moment, so you might be listening to this episode early October. So early, the middle of last month. Yeah, the middle of September. September. Yeah. Yeah. So the middle of September here in the UK, uh, there was... A notification of an event that if you're somewhere else in the world you might not have heard of and it was a uh, an event an advertisement for an event at Stonehenge and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I would imagine that if you don't know anything about the event you probably know what at least the roughly response. what Stonehenge is. Yeah, the stone Stonehenge is, is uh, yeah, that's the given. I think I think Stonehenge <laughs> is possibly I just in case you've never heard of it at all, um it's probably one of the world's most famous landmarks. Um yeah. and it's a, it's a, an ancient stone circle. Uh a big of, mad stone circle that is just not to any specific design got taken down, got rebuilt, got added to. It's like this big mash of stones. It's quite a unique one. It doesn't bear a lot of resemblance to any other stone circles we've got in Britain or in yeah, Europe. Northern France, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and it's and it's long been... Uh, it's, it's out on, um, uh, it's out on some, some very open land and it's long been a, uh, a place of great mystery because nobody's really sure exactly what it was for. Yeah. Why did they go to the trouble to build these, this thing with these massive, huge stones? Um, and it's also been a focal point for um, religious uh, uh, activity. Uh, activity for yeah. a lot of a lot of people in the general pagan, druid, Wiccan, whatever yeah. communities have all seen it as a as a significant site. And it's also been a focus of a great deal of political 
yes. uh, upheaval as well in terms of protests, counter-protests, um, all sorts of arguments over rights and um, heritage and all that sort of thing. So. Yeah. So there was word of um, an organisation, uh, the AFA, the Asatru Folk Assembly, which is a known right-wing heathen organisation, who wanted to hold a winter night celebration at Stonehenge, and they advertised it as such. Mm-hmm. And they advertised it... Um, the pagan groups started getting notification of this, most notably the um, Police Pagan Association yeah. and the Pagan Federation, which is quite... They're both quite big in Britain. Mm. Um, they got notice of this event that was going to be held... And they immediately started creating a response to that, Mm. uh, not desiring that the AFA should be able to hold an event and fearing that they had not got the proper permissions. They hadn't talked to uh, English Heritage, who are the organisation that currently uh, stewardship Stonehenge. Um, The Pagan Police Association then started talking to the anti-terrorism groups looking at the official government responses and the um, Pagan Federation then started talking to a number of groups and organisations under its banner. So most notably other large groups that use or venerate Stonehenge as a sacred site. Mm -hmm. And there was a petition that went up that people were invited to sign and organisations were also invited to sign a statement that would then be put forward in strength of opposition Essentially to this particular a, a, event. Opposing the, the attendance uh, of the AFA and, and rejecting what they stand for. Yes. So in which, inherently political act. Yeah, which which we do. <laughs> and this is, I seem to recall, this is more or less what the whole Declaration 127 thing was in response to. It, was it not? It is, yeah. But I think the notable thing for me is that it wasn't just heathen groups that were called to action. Mm. It was things like the Order of Bards, Ovates and Druid, the Doreen Valiente Foundation, numbers of groves and circles and kindreds uh, Confederation of Heathen Kindreds in the UK, mm. all signing, all saying this cannot stand. Yeah, and that being an inherently political act, and the event was withdrawn. The whole, the whole thing is is steeped in politics, and you can't get out of it. I mean, it. We base this the whole uh, issue with the um, AFA is that they are very specifically now i mean they 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 did kind of have a bit of a mask on for a while didn't they they but did they took that off they took that they took that off a few years ago and started making very openly white supremacist statements using white supremacist uh, symbolism uh, and and so forth in their their declarations and what have you so they essentially became you know the, there's no it isn't a case of you know oh we're just we're just sort of interpreting this in a, in a particular way. This is who they are, and this is who they want us to know that they are. Yeah. Um, but there's also uh, one 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 thing that may um, uh, our lovely listeners may be sort of sitting going wait though hang on whoa 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 and that is you mentioned the pagan police association. 
Yes. It should be. I should point out um, just to explain because it may be. I mean, obviously, politics and the police. Uh, oh, God, yes. Generally, it's a fraught area. Um, there are a lot of opinions uh, about what the police do, what the police should do. Um, I have many varied <laughs> opinions myself. Um, but uh, obviously this is Britain. Um, we have a, a tradition of policing here, which uh, is policing by, policing by consent. Um, however, our police is uh, theoretically um, in service of the king. Yes. So our police is a little bit, inherently a little bit more political than it might be in other countries. However, broadly, the police are not supposed to get involved in political issues um the police are um are entitled to hold political opinions and, and act on those political opinions in terms of protecting equity equality diversity that kind of thing the representation of the country you cannot be a member of certain organizations and work for the police yeah <clears throat> so you cannot be you know certain recognized far-right part political parties and work for the police you're not allowed to mm. and so the Police Pagan Federation is one of many, many um, uh, representational yeah. networks within the police service. Um, it, it's not any kind of breach of their, 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 their duty. They are entitled to say, no, this is wrong because these are white supremacists. These are people that British values, in inverted commas, it's a thing that, that Brit British authorities promote, mm -hmm. are not compatible with white supremacism. But this is... Yeah, this is a very overtly political action. Yes. By the Police Pagan Association. And that they are doing it in conjunction with the Pagan Federation. Yep. And all of the organisations that have then signed that um, statement. Mm -hmm. And there are a significant number of pagan organisations on there. Yeah. There's over 40 of them. And at the time, the petition itself closed, which was opened to individuals to sign, mm -hmm. there were over 6,000 signatures on it. Yeah. And that, to me, is a hugely... Yes, a hugely political action, but to actually get all pagans to, to agree on something... Yeah, that's quite the thing, isn't it? To, to be able to stand in opposition very clearly in opposition to this event mm. going ahead you know and for me it was a huge sign of encouragement in that the police pagan association was able to go with the pagan federation to government agencies to um, prevent the anti-terrorist organizations and strategies and be able to negotiate and talk with them on that level mm -hmm. and be valued and taken seriously with their concerns yeah so for me, that was the first. Uh, that was the first one from a couple of weeks ago now, mm. um, where paganism and heathenry specifically became overtly political. Yeah, and a it short had, time had after that, just across the pond. Yeah, there was a second instance that again brought, for me, brought heathenry and politics into very, very close and sharp connection and i think it's fair to say we'll 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 sort of summarize but i need to go into into it a little bit and i'm going to say just in advance we are going to be talking about um a double murder case uh which occurred in 2017 
it's a nasty it's a nasty case murder cases always are but well, yes. um you know it's um it's a particularly nasty one it was it was the murder of two young girls um it was uh, it took place in uh indiana in a town called and i'll pronounce it the way i'm they pronounce it which is delphi um i would say delphi but that's how the locals call it that's what it's called delphi yeah um <clears throat> Two girls, uh, Abby Gail Williams and Liberty German, were murdered in 2017. They'd gone on, they'd gone on a hike. They'd been dropped off uh, on a uh, on a footpath. They disappeared and were found, I think, the following day, having been murdered. Mm. Um, recently, the case has been rumbling on for quite a while, um, but uh, recently, a guy who's been arrested um, has been. Um, his lawyers submitted a uh, an appeal to the court or a, uh, uh, an argument to the court. A filing is the word I was looking for. Um, they were claiming that the girls were actually killed as part of ritual sacrifice. Um, and claiming that uh, investigating uh, officers had found evidence of, quote, Odinite involvement uh, at the scene of the murders um, <clears throat> so this got into the pa into the, the newspapers of course it did of course it did um, because now it's heathens are going out killing people mm. um, there have been lots of responses to this not least um, from the um, the Carroll County prosecutor uh, rejected the claim and called it, quote, a fanciful defence defense for social media to devour. Which, social, which they duly did. Social media has done. Yes. yes. Um, and the memo that the attorney, attorneys put forward, um, the defence attorneys claimed, uh, and I quote again, a report may or may not exist that does not rule out Odinism. Wait. Yeah. May, may not, does not. How many negatives is... I couldn't work that one out no, either. Oh, okay. Um, I don't really know what the point of the exercise was. Um, even if you argue, even if you can manage to implicate heathens in it somehow, um, the guy they've got in... Uh, the guy they've got locked up at the moment is suspected of the killings. Mm. And even if it was a ritualistic sacrifice, it's still two murders. Yes. I don't... I'm not an expert. I'm not a lawyer. All that. I'm not American. I don't know what the goal of this filing was. Um, but what it has done is it's put Odinism and, and heathenism in general yeah. into a very nasty public public eye. Um, because Largely because of there are associations of Odinism specifically with white supremacism and white nationalism. Yeah. Um, so again, we get, you know, we might like to be, I say we, you, um, <laughs> <laughs> might like to be um, aloof from the politics, but sometimes the politics reaches out and grabs us. Yeah. Yeah. So just in case we hadn't made it very, very clear, Frithcast and Kate and I absolutely condemn these actions. Mm. Absolutely condemn white supremacy absolutely condemn hate groups yeah racism 
homophobia, transphobia, misogynistica. That didn't go right. Misogyny Miso- will do. Misogyny, yeah, yeah. anti-Semitism, all of that kind of stuff has no place in the faith that I know. None at all. I don't think. I don't think it has any place in either of our faiths. No. It's not attested. No. Anywhere. There's no justification for it in, for want of a better word, scriptural terms. You know, um, there are cases, I understand, in some of the um, Norse sources. Very few. Very few. Very few. And they're within a specific culture which we haven't had for a thousand years. That And that is the point. It's Yeah, yeah you can point to, like, one, two... I don't know, certainly not many more. Certainly yeah. not more than a, more than the fingers of one hand. Cases where possibly, yeah, a sacrifice. I mean, we it's all down to very specific anyway. circumstances, and mm. they commonly the accounts are written by other people. So, yeah. for this, you know, this double murder is just abhorrent. Yeah, and it's there is horrific. There is no excuse. If you're gonna you're gonna roll roll heathenism out and say, oh well, it was because of. No, it wasn't because of. There was there was no excuse for this. No. No. Just no excuse. I, you know, heathenism or no. Um, no modern pagan faith practices or advocates um, human sacrifice. No. All of these things that you've described, and I'm getting ranty, I'm sorry. Don't we, we knew I was going to. Take a breath. <laughs> yeah, because then I can rant better. Um, Don't. All of these things that you've you've referred to, um, all of these forms of discrimination, all of these forms of hatred, they speak to me of nothing bar cowardice. Mm. They are cowardly, craven. And the people who practice these and preach these, the people who advocate for this kind of division and violence, they are cowards. And that is the only... There is no rash, there is no justification in, in two religions, yours and mine, that both have gods that focus, that are gods of courage and wisdom, and hospitality and all these things. I just do not see how people can possibly equate the two. No, and so we come back to heathenry being political at its core, mm. its absolute core. And a couple of days ago, the third act which made me think about heathenry in a very political way um, was uh, that I'm going to have to backtrack a little bit I think and actually describe where Hadrian's Wall is to start with. We should say this this one is is a bit of an anomaly because it's it's not specifically, it's not explicitly linked to heathenry uh, directly. It's no, more... But it has an indirect effect, I think. Yeah, it's 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 more because it affects people like heathens and pagans, and you know people who are concerned about the issues that it it is wrapped up in. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's kind of an indirect, um, indirect influence, an indirect association, which again, these three events then brought heathenry and politics into sharp relief for me about how much 
our faith is political. Mm. It might be that our, you know, our online groups say no overt politics, but our entire existence is politics. Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, any any kind of any kind of sort of communal rules. Yeah, that's politics. You know, and you can say I don't do politics, but you do. You if you may not do overt politics, yeah. but you do indirect politics. Engaging in commerce, which we all do. Mm. You know, we all go shopping. We all order stuff online. Um, we all make decisions as to where we're going to order from, what we're going to, you know, what we're going to buy. Mm. Commerce is politics. If you simply sit at home obeying all the laws. It's politics. That's politics. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this this third instance um, was that I think a couple of days ago uh -huh. when we're recording this, a couple of days ago now, uh, there's a very famous uh, sycamore tree that stands alone on a particular piece of Hadrian's Wall. And it's very picturesque. There's lots of nice photographs of it because it, it's, it makes a very stunning photograph. Uh -huh. Uh, especially against the night sky, with the northern lights, with the sunset. You've got this instant classic photograph of yeah. this one single tree by the remains of, with Hadrian's Wall commonly running left to right across your photo, tree bangs smack in the middle, yeah. and you've got this lovely focal point for a classic photo. Absolutely stunning. And uh, just to, sorry, you were going to, because you were going to talk about, you were just going to mention what, where Hadrian's Wall is. You yes. want to do that? No, no, go that? ahead, yeah. Um, when the Romans Yay! came to Britain... <laughs> Salve! Salve! Champagne! Champagne! <laughs> You've come out of my shop! Champagne! <laughs> Don't know what happened to my voice there, never mind. Um, so you conquered the British Empire! <laughs> Champagne! The Romans kept having a crack at conquering Britain, um, and it didn't go terribly well because it's got a sea in the way. Um, well, all right, a channel, but you know, twenty-six miles is still quite a long way when you've, you, you know, you. You can't walk it. You, you got no, you got no planes or anything like that. No. So. Um, it's cold. It's miserable. It's misty and rainy, and it's not the sort of place you're going to get on with if you were born in the Mediterranean. It's boggy and it's full of oak trees. It's boggy. It's full of oak trees, and it's got British people. Who whinge? Who? Yeah, lot. and back then they did not make any bones about whinging with very sharp implements. They did not. So you've got this mass of angry Celts, for want of a better term. Um, and so the Romans eventually managed to establish a foothold and eventually took over most of our island. They got sort of... Two-thirds of the way up? About two-thirds of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the island of Ireland, which is our... The island next door. Um, I mean, obviously to them, we're the island next door. But you know what I mean? The one to the west. Yes. The slightly smaller one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the reason our island is called Great Britain, incidentally, is because it's the bigger of the two. It's nothing to do with it being great. Um, but so the Romans came aboard, conquered most of, well, all of England, most of Wales, and a little bit of Scotland. Yeah, like a pinky toe. Point is, uh, they had got so far up and then they couldn't get any further, so they built a frontier wall and went, right, that's as far as we wanted. We've got it. Let's go home. Yeah. 
they didn't go home. They 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 occupied that area and, and that wall was a, a frontier trading post, customs post, whatever for for many many centuries. But yes. That was Hadrian's Wall, named after the Emperor Hadrian who had it built. Yep. And it runs approximately along the England-Scotland border. Give or take. Give or take. Ish. Today. Yeah. Only most of it's fallen down now and it's basically just the occasional, like, pile of stones along a long ridge of hills. Yes. Goes from one side to the other. Coast to coast. Only that's less impressive in Britain than it is in the US. Yeah. Because it's like you can walk across it in a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Hadrian's Wall. That's where there was a dip in the in the hills I mentioned. Um, and the and wall in that carried dip, on going down the down the dip and round the dip and up the other side of the dip. That's right. And in that dip stood a sycamore tree. Note the past tense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna get ranty if I keep on. Okay. You better get. You better take, take a breath. Now. Okay. Have a biscuit. I'm fine. Okay. So a couple of hedgehog. Hey. Days ago. Hey. Bis biscuit over here. Yeah. There you go. Cheers. You good. Okay. So a couple of days ago, it was discovered that unknown peoples had cut down the sycamore tree at Hadrian's Wall in this what was known as the Sycamore Gap had taken it down with a chainsaw and left it lying beside the stump with no sawdust whatsoever, with no broken branches, just literally like a tree stump and a tree next door to it. And having seen the reaction in a lot of the pagan and heathen groups I'm in, people are quite rightly horrified by it because there was no reason for this tree to be cut down it was being managed on managed land. There was no disease. There was no damage to it. It's worth it's pointing a out. Perfectly healthy, two to three hundred year that old was tree. The thing I was just going to say, it's worth pointing out that it was. It's estimated between two and three hundred years old. Yeah, it was. This is not something <laughs> that you can just regrow. No, not without another couple of hundred years. And so they have very swiftly now. They've arrested. One person released them on bail. They have now made a second arrest in connection with this. And again, quite rightly, the chatter in a lot of pagan and uh, more general pagan groups, but again, in some of the heathen groups as well, is that people are shocked by it, saddened by it. Again, there's been a, a petition started to um, give all trees over a certain age the same legal rights as ancient monuments so that they cannot be damaged or if they are then they are prosecuted for the same some hefty penalties attached yeah mm. because right now there isn't mm. so again heathenry and paganism becomes political yeah in the fact that people are asking for a change in the law they are looking to um in some of the forums, they're saying what the punishment should be or may be for such an offence, mm -hmm. where there currently isn't very much of a punishment because it's a tree. Well, the, yeah, I mean, the, the trouble is what you what what has, as far as the law is concerned, and again, I stress, I'm not a lawyer, but you know, I am British, so mm. you know, I've, I'm, I've I've had some. I'm just going to say I've had some involvement with the law here. That sounds bad, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um. <laughs> um 
but yeah, what you've got here is an act of uh, an offence of criminal damage. Yeah, vandalism. Yeah, but that's it. And it's that not actually the weight of what it is. Yeah, that's been irreparably damaged is not represented in the crime that it will have to be categorised by. Mm. So I think when this does come to a, if this ever comes to a court case, it will again be politically charged. Yeah. You know, there may be protests, there may be viewpoints aired in the news that are quite extreme in terms of this is what that person should suffer for the damage they've done. And again, our faith becomes weaponised. In effect. And politicised to a particular outcome that is maybe not directly affecting heathens, but is very much parallel and in line with a lot of the beliefs that we hold, that we hold that nature is sacred, yeah. that we hold that the earth, you know, we need to each be individually responsible for the stewardship of the earth as much as we can mm. in our own ways the ways that we choose to take care of ourselves, our communities, and the earth that we live on. And that's even before we start getting to ancestors and gods. Yeah. That then becomes political statements. It becomes political action. Some of us may feel strongly enough to protest against in, in social protests, mm. in social justice causes. Yeah. And... You know, so long as we have an ability to do that safely, to be able to have our voices heard in the public forum without danger to ourselves or to others. Mm. And even if there is a risk of danger, do we judge that that risk is acceptable? It's, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, where are we kind of going in terms of, we have this sort of general understanding that we don't do politics that and it it is under it is justifiable to some degree because the internet makes terrible people out of the most reasonable of us yeah. um you know or it can do you know it's it's very very easy to get into it's very easy to misread something that somebody says on the internet it's very easy to take something the wrong way. It's easy to make assumptions about people that aren't necessarily uh, as easy to, 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 to sort of correct as they would be if you were directly having a conversation face to face with somebody. I'm a big fan of the Internet. Don't get me wrong. I'm not doing we should go back to uh, only talking face to face. But we have to acknowledge the fact that it, the whole culture online tends to make us defensive. Tends and to make some us... more extroverted, outspoken almost. Yeah. Um, so I can understand having rules in forums and in communities online saying no politics. But you cannot get around the fact that if you are a religious community or a faith community or a spiritual community, whichever you want to call it, that means you do politics. Yeah, it, it means you have... <clears throat> at least an indirect political stance mm. or people seeing your membership of that group will assume that you have an indirect political stance on particular issues, particular social issues. Yeah. So, yeah, these three events coming so close together, you know, within two weeks of each other, all of these three broke in the news. Mm. So I wanted to 
yeah, talk about them and reflect on the no politics, please, we're British versus the we are inherently political beings. Yeah. And I am a political being, speaking personally. Um, I mean, I'm... I'm always I'm always a little bit in two minds um, because when I'm when I'm doing sort of online stuff, and it's one of the reasons I tend to keep fairly quiet because, you know, when I'm on here doing this, I can we can we talk about stuff and we generally don't go into politics. We generally keep it out, keep it as far out of that as as lighthearted as we we generally can. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm somebody who has opinions on things, and I you know I think some things are right and some things are wrong and. Some yeah. things, nah, some not things, really uh, sure. <laughs> Depends. Um, <laughs> some things I think are terribly, terribly wrong and evil and bad and should be stopped. Ban this sick filth. And then you'll go, yeah, but have you ever thought? And give me a totally different perspective. And then I find myself think, having to think, oh, crap, I've got to completely backpedal all that now. <laughs> because you've suddenly made me empathise with somebody. <laughs> so lovely listeners we wanted to kind of just go through these three events and and reflect on how indirectly political are even just our existences as as inclusive heathens we choose to take a stand on issues and how much and how overtly we choose to take that stand is is down to us individually yeah how safe it is how much resources we have how much brain energy we have to do the stand what kind of circumstances are going on for us at the time and whether we feel we can put our energy and time into whatever that is Mm. whether we're already supporting a cause vocally and loudly and don't feel that we can pick up another one with the same depth of passion for it yeah because we want to do them both justice but right now we can't how do we fight to fix everything all at once Everything everywhere all at once. Everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. And do we... I mean, if we had her on our side, we probably could fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do we choose which battles we fight? As practical and almost distasteful as that is. Mm. Because we think by rights, we shouldn't be in a position where we have to choose one and prioritise one over the other. Yeah. But for me, we are... Yes, the politics might be indirect, but they are still underpinning the decisions we make, the morals we hold, the values we hold, what we choose to do with our time, resources, everything. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter, but unfortunately the crude matter is very relevant and sometimes it gets exhausted. Yeah, and this crude matter needs more coffee. This crude matter needs coffee, it needs, <laughs> it needs rest, it needs... Yes focus yes you know and sometimes you have to just say i cannot fight another on another front right at now the moment. yeah so lovely listeners we kind of wanted to leave you with some of these points to have a ponder about for yourself i hate to say if you'd like to come and find us online but yeah come and find us online mm. come and talk about this stuff let's talk it out about you know do you feel that your politics is uh, overt is it indirect is it something that you're hyper aware of is it something that you feel runs through your faith as well as your political stance come and talk to us that'd be awesome do that yeah where can they find you where can they find me they can find me on facebook Mm -hmm. 
I'm also on what remains of Twitter. <laughs> the <laughs> remnant. in jeans. The Twitter remnant. The formerly known as Twitter. Um, and if you want to come and find both of us, come and hang out at the virtual virtual campfire on Discord. We have got a link to it on our Facebook page at Frithcast Pod. If you can't find the link, just throw us a message. We'll get you an invite. It's no problem at all. Kettle is on. Awesome. Um, that sounds good. Yeah. So I think we will uh, we will leave it at that. All right. Except, listeners. Yes. I just want to tell the Robin Hood story. Do just it quick. Say the Robin the Hood story. Yeah. Because uh, it was not really a story. It's very, actually very well known. Um, uh, little, you know, on IMDb on the yeah. Internet Movie Database where they have the goofs section. Yes. Where they say they pick it. You got people. Let's call them dedicated. Um, who will go through movies and pick every single little tiny hole they can find, down to oh the like the 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 assault rifle that that soldier was carrying in that scene was a lots of series of letters and numbers uh, version B, and that wasn't released until 1997. Whereas this film is set in 1996, so we should have had the lots of letters and numbers version A. a. Yes. Well, those people quickly pointed out when Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves came around. And the reason I mention this is because that tree, the sycamore tree at Sycamore Gap on Hadrian's Wall. Yes. Uh, very famously featured in uh, the early, um, the first act of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves from 1991. Ow. I know. Thanks. That hurt. Um, Could you not? I know. It's very scary. Um, Robin... Uh, Robin of Loxley and his new friend Azim uh, have found their way back to uh, England from the Crusades and they arrive uh, on the south coast at Dover recognisable from its famous white cliffs. Big white cliffs, Big seen white those cliffs. yeah. Um, and there's a scene on the beach where Robin tries to persuade Azim or tries to get two heavies to persuade Azim to not follow him around anymore mm, uh, and Azim work. handily beats hell out of the two um heavies and sends them running for uh, running for, for cover um, so Robin and Azim set off uh, and they're, they're just walking up the beach and, and Robin says by nightfall we will celebrate with my father in Nottingham in Nottingham now why Robin of Loxley Loxley being in Sheffield was had a father in a castle in Nottingham I don't know the sheriff came from Nottingham but Robin Hood came from Sheffield he did. Um, Although there's a really nice court roll from like the 13th century that says Robin of the Hood stole firewood and was fined. Yes. It's in Wakefield. In Wakefield? Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's supposed to be a, like a, it's like a kind of a John Doe thing, isn't it? It's yeah. when you don't know who the, 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 villain, Smith. the villain is. Yeah. Robin, Robin Hood or Robin of the Hood was the name that you'd use. That's one hypothesis anyway. Mm. But so... By nightfall, we will celebrate with my father. Now, it takes something on the... I measured it. I've not done it. It takes something on the order of about three days to walk from Dover to Nottingham. If you're doing a good pace, a good, solid pace. You're not messing about and stopping for chips. You just whoosh. So, my by nightfall, no. Doesn't matter what time of day it was, that was not happening. And people laughed at that a bit. But they laughed even more... 
when the next scene, they're on the way to Nottingham Castle and they're at Sycamore Gap on Hadrian's Wall on the border of Scotland. I think they overshot it a bit then. Just a tad. I mean, they could have theoretically made it way before nightfall if they're at Sycamore Gap in the daytime. I mean, theoretically, if they're moving at that speed. Yeah. Just kind of didn't quite put the brakes on around Leeds, did you? A human should have turned left at Albuquerque. Should have turned left at Albuquerque. Um, yeah, should have turned left at Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, because if you turned right, you'd end up in the sea. Where? Oh, I'm thinking of Hull. Sorry, never mind. Yeah, so I just thought it was it was a nice little funny and it was the best bit that featured that tree. It was involved in a good moment in a... God damn it, a good film. Yeah. I like that film. I do as well. The only thing that's questionable is the mullet. Everything uh, else I can give a pass. And the scene at the end with the sheriff yeah. and Marion. But that one. Yeah. And the fact that Marion gradually loses her agency through the entire she film. Does. <laughs> at the beginning of film, she's kicking Robin's butt, and by the end of it, she's reduced to a wailing woman in a nighty. I'm like, what was going she on? She really is. She really goes full on MacGuffin at the end oh. of the film. All mind. right. Lovely listeners, thank you very much for joining us. Please come and join us again for episode 164 in a princely. 14-ish days time. 14-ish days. Thank yeah. you very much. We know it's been a bit of a long one tonight, but we hope it's been a little, a little bit thought-provoking, maybe. Yeah. And you've got some opinions that you might want to share with us. So It'd be great if you could. Come and join us for the next one, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.